CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Friday's edition of To Every Man and Answer as we wrap up this week. Once again, we want to just uh, encourage you to give us a call. Perhaps you've been sharing your faith, reading your Bible. Somebody's asked you a question. Hey, that's why we make ourselves available for you each and every weekday afternoon at this time, live radio. That number to call again, 88. 88- 88 Ask CSN. You can be part of the program. Once again, I'd like to invite you to the River Christian Fellowship tomorrow, or Sunday morning at uh, 10 o'clock here uh, locally. We have with us Ryan Reese. Uh, Raul Reese's son will be speaking at the Sunday morning service at 10 o'clock. And if you're unable to attend in person, you can pick it up on the radio at 1030 on the CSN radio stations and on the web anywhere in the world. So we want to just encourage you to tune in. I know you'll be blessed. Joining me today, special guest featured uh, CSN speaker on the weekends, Brad Dacus with the Dacus Report and PJI Institute. Hi and welcome, Brad. Oh, thank you. It's great to be on the program. Always a blessing to have you. If you don't know, Brad uh, and his uh, team assist individuals, churches, uh, organizations against tyrannical kind of laws that seem to target just Christians. You know, Brad, we got a lot of stuff, crazy stuff going on. We have two sets of of uh, prosecution. We have um, uh, one group can do anything they want suffer no consequences. The other group seems that the smallest thing, they're paraded around on the internet and uh, told to resign. I think about this one um, guy, a, a congressman from New York, caught lying on some of his things. Oh, he needs to resign immediately. They're all screaming. Yeah, Joe Biden can make speeches about places he'd never been, things he's never done, diseases he's never had, and that's okay. What's going on? You're an attorney, please. All of America is wanting to know. Yeah, I, I wish I could cite a statute to, to explain why we have such a two-tiered system, um, selective enforcement of the law. Uh, when uh, one, uh, you know, former president has uh, allegedly confidential documents, uh, you know, uh, that you know he's uh, you know raked over and going to prosecute him. And then when uh, you know a former vice president who's now president is discovered with all these confidential documents that are not to be you know outside the government and not just one place but many places and we're still finding more and more and yet we suddenly have a you know there's there's not the, the same degree of scrutiny and concern it's it, it's really obvious and it's so blatant I think the American people are now demanding uh, that uh, that the media uh, changes ways, or they won't uh, won't watch them. I think that's one reason why things like the CSN network has has been so um, effective, and so many people watching it now, uh, because they realize they just simply can't trust mainstream media. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, the voters have the the final say. I'm once again, I'm very hopeful that 2024 will be a great uh, election of of reckoning, if you will. Yeah, I hope so. I think as long, unfortunately, as there's the mail-in ballots, I think America's in trouble. 
Because, you know, when you realize a lot of these candidates are only a few um, votes, 10,000, 20,000 votes apart. Oh, how many more votes we need? Okay, bring up some more of those mail-in ballots and uh, we'll manufacture what we need to win. And um, this is where I think a lot of the problems, if you're too busy to go vote for who your president will be and lead the country, then you really shouldn't vote at all, is my opinion. I think there's some exceptions, of course, perhaps shut-ins and things like this. But by and large, where we're getting nine mail-in ballots in one mailbox where there's only three voters in the home, such as in California, which we have all the names and addresses of, you see, that's fraud. And, and these are the problems that we're running into. And I think it's, I think they have found a dishonest system that works. And then they implement that wherever they want to. They target the key states where they know it's going to be extremely close. And then they're able to manufacture those votes. Goldfish, dead people, dogs voting. You know, it's, it's incredible. And you try to do anything about it, and judges won't hear it. Now, today, they said that they threw out Donald Trump's uh, lawsuit against Hillary Clinton and fining Donald Trump a million dollars, calling it a frivolous lawsuit, where, in fact, there is facts for it. Everybody knows it. The FBI, they have papers on it. Where does a judge get off doing these kind of ridiculous things? And do you think it will be appealed? Oh, it'll be appealed all right. Um, and it's it's actually pretty unusual for um, a frivolous lawsuit, per se, uh, to be pronounced by a judge with such high penalties like that. Uh, cases are dismissed, but uh, to go so far as to pronounce it frivolous and then punishment uh, punitive, uh, usually it's got to be something that's just uh, has nothing of any kind of merit to it and is done maliciously and has no uh, semblance of, of uh, legal basis. So that's uh, that is unusual, and I'm sure it's probably political, and it probably came from a judge that I'm willing to guess was probably appointed by a politician and that um, may not exactly agree with Donald Trump to begin with. Well, sure. And that's unfortunately what we're seeing. And, 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 you know, I think, you know, a lot of people say, well, Mike, why are you talking about this? This is a program about Bible questions. Here's the issue. When you can do this kind of stuff in the political realm, where does that leave us, Brad, in the religious realm where they're bending rules, throwing out law, doing whatever they want? This seems to be the new status quo for our current government. And and uh, unfortunately, you know, a lot of the, the cases that are before these courts where it doesn't matter what the law says, it's how the judge feels that day. And if he's a Democrat-appointed judge, then it doesn't matter how much proof you've got, as in the case with Carrie Lake in Arizona, overwhelming evidence that the election was fraud, and then a liberal judge throws it out, says no. Well, liberal judge throws out Biden's uh, having top-secret papers, which makes him a felon. He was not the president. He was only the vice president, had no right. But here's the other problem with these things. You find that Biden's, uh, Hunter Biden's laptop primarily concerned the Ukraine and China. What most of the top secret papers they're finding now in the Biden files are Ukraine and China. You say, well, how does this all work? Well, here's a good illustration. The Biden administration 
cleverly removed all uh, protections for American patents. So in other words, if you invent uh, a witchy digit and the witchy digit's the best one in the world, China can steal your patent, make the widgie dig it a lot cheaper than you can make it for in America, sell it, get all the profits. And really, because of what Biden did, there's nothing you can do about it. You you can file a complaint, but the court hearing has to be in China. Well, of course, you're not going to win that. Well, this goes for all of our our technology and jet airplanes, propeller pitch to make them silent, uh, um, uh, computer controlled things all have to be patented. And then when they hack into our um, our Internet over here and these different corporations, then they steal it. Uh, and there's no repercussions because of what Biden did. Now, did Biden get money? Uh, from China to say, change the patent laws, man, that would have been a pretty sweet deal. Give them a couple million dollars and they will make billions off of this. We don't know. But the problem is when the FBI received hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, much more than that, and sent that to the media outlets, the news outlets, to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story till after the election. What are we dealing with here, Brad? I mean, this to me is beyond kangaroo court, beyond banana republic. This is this is high crime. What do we do? Yeah. Uh, well, the good news is that now one of the houses of Congress is uh, with a different uh, party. And so that that is the House of Representatives. Uh, they're going to begin investigations. Uh, I think it's it's already unfortunate, but we're already discovering unfortunate material information about the FBI, of course, the Department of Justice, uh, corruption, blatant corruption, indisputable corruption. And uh, so we're, this is just the beginning. It's going to be just, you know, drip, drip, drip. It's going to be exposed. Uh, these documents, the House is going to demand access, going to demand uh, review. And uh, the American people are going to get the information bit by bit, um, whether it's by the new Twitter or by programs like this, or hopefully by, you know, Newsmax and, and Fox News as well and some others. But uh, the information is going to get out. Some speculate that this may have been actually the actions of and initiated by uh, the Democrats in order to take out Biden so he doesn't run for reelection. And they have a stronger chance of prevailing in 2024. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. And there's some evidence actually pointing to that. Uh, so we'll we'll have to see uh, where that where that comes from, where how that uh, plays out as well. Yeah, and the, once again, the reason I I make this of concern is if they can do this to high profile people like Donald Trump and others, where does that leave us in the days to come? Where, um, if you say anything standing up for what the Bible, in other words, like Romans chapter one, for instance, go read it. And if you stand up and say, well, that's hate speech and therefore we can prosecute you. See, this is where, where when, when your laws go out, everything gets real wonky real fast. And, and I think that's what we're, we're dealing with. Anyway, let's go ahead and go to the phones. 8888 ask CSN. And if you've got a question concerning a legal issue, 
whether you're a pastor of a church or county planning and zoning beating you up or something along that lines. In other words, they'll, uh, well, as an example, remember back in the COVID, uh, the governor let the casino stay open, but closed the churches. Now, how is that right? Well, if you've been beat up, please you give us a call. Again, that number, 8888. Ask CSN. We're going to go to Eric, Southern California. Hi, welcome. Hi, Mike. Hi, Brad. Um, I have a question from Exodus chapter 25, verse 31 through 40. Uh, what did the gold lampstands reveal? What did the six branches represent? And what did the three bowls represent? Okay, Brad, any thoughts? I'll, I'll, I'll uh, punt this one to you, Pastor Mike. Go ahead. Okay, yeah, well, I'm getting to it here. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, and when we look at this, we find that the light in the, uh, the light inside, uh, the sanctuary was provided by this. And when we go to Revelation, uh, we look at the seven, uh, uh the, se- the, the golden lampstand, the seven churches that are mentioned there. I believe it's symbolic and reflecting. Not only does it light the room, obviously, but it also what God intended, not only for the nation of Israel, but I believe all Christians in general to reflect is the light, the glory of God. The Bible says, Jesus said, uh, that he is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Light reveals darkness. And the Bible says when a person is not born again, they are in darkness. This is why they make the foolish mistakes they make. And I believe it's not just in a personal life situation, but I believe it transcends into everything, the way we vote, the way we think, what we will watch, what we will accept, all these different things. And also it addresses, I believe, much of modern day psychology and philosophy when we look at really what we're dealing with concerning the illumination that Christ brings. Um, now, as an example, if you're in darkness, you believe, well, everything just evolved. Well, if everything just evolved, then there is no God. Then who's to say what the standard is for acceptability of daily life? Well, we're a democracy. Majority rules. Okay, so 51% of people say it's okay to murder the person next door to you because you don't like his water getting on your sidewalk. Well, that's okay because, you see, there's no moral law, there's no God, and so therefore it's majority rule. All of a sudden, all of our laws now are left up to what everybody thinks about it. The Bible says that's a wicked thing when people do what's right in their own eyes. But when we recognize there's a God— And because there's a God, there's a judgment someday, we have the laws that we have as an example in our country, based upon Judeo-Christian principles that stealing is wrong, that murder is wrong, that, that, um, that these things affect society. Now, again, the Bible is the best written book in the world concerning how governments run and how they should run. Because when you take God out of the picture, you have anarchy. And anarchy, again, can just simply go back to majority rules where, hey, if it's uh, the 51% say it's okay to steal, well, then it's legal to steal. 
This, I think, is a little bit what we're seeing when the light goes out. So what does the light represent? I believe it represents those, and especially the churches that we find there in Revelation. Any last thoughts, Brad? Uh, Yeah, I I like how you pointed out how, um, you know, we often have a false sense of security because we live in a democratic republic. And somehow the assumption is that as long as people are, are voting and, and it's a democratic republic, everything's going to turn out great. Uh, but as you pointed out, uh, a democratic republic only actually works if it has a moral people uh, who understand and respect the laws of nature and nature's God at the very least. Uh, I think it was Madison who said that, um, that uh, democrat, democracy, democratic republic only works um, if we have a moral people. Uh, because they need to be able to to practice, uh, you know, the truth, not because they're going to be caught, but because they know it's right and they know, you know, they know what's the right thing to do. And if we have to live in a society that it becomes amoral, then people do whatever they can get away with, which means government clamps down, takes away freedoms and liberties to maintain some kind of order, and we lose our freedoms. So freedoms and liberties and a and a, a democratic republic that works is one that has to have a moral people that understand where our freedoms, our liberties come from, as well as the critical importance for individual conscience and moral conduct. And of course, we know that uh, ultimately that works the best when people have a personal relationship with the Lord through faith in Jesus Christ, which is not just a doctrine, not just even justification uh, through to, to God, but also sanctification and with that sanctification, the, the, the sanctifying of a nation. I hope that shares some light on it for you. Yeah, it does. And uh, I have another question. For the okay. next election, yeah, for the next election, would there be another clean and honest election, or would voter fraud and cheating continue? I don't see any reason that it won't continue, because right now they're really not doing anything to prevent it. In fact, if anything, they're encouraging it. In other words, if you say anything bad about the mail-in ballots, as PBS did, it said that uh, concerning the mail-in ballot drop boxes, they said that that um uh, voting rights took a severe blow today when uh, the Supreme Court said they couldn't have uh, random drop boxes. No, not at all. That, that's a lie. The, the reason why they want you to put these in certain places is because they're, they're, they're videotaped, they're cameraed. And so they know if somebody comes along and dumps a whole sack of, of, of mail-in ballots in, they know that it's fraud. That's why, why they ruled that way. But when you listen to the news, I don't care who it is, they're saying, oh, it was an encroachment on voters' freedoms. No, it's trying to keep the voting honest because they know they have to cheat to win. Right. Now, friends, anytime you have a political candidate or a group of candidates and a particular party that are solely reliant upon illegals voting, upon cheating, upon all this kind of stuff, you ought to understand it won't be long before they destroy you. They have no conscience. Joseph Stalin said, it doesn't matter who votes, it's who counts the votes. Well, I think we're seeing that now. And the ability through mail-in ballots to create as many votes as you want, 
Brad, we got problems. Yeah, we definitely do have problems, uh, without a without a doubt. Uh, Two thousand twenty was a um, probably one of the worst elections I think in U.S. history in terms of voter fraud, deep, deep organized uh, voter fraud on multiple levels in multiple states. Uh, so we, that was that was ter- that was probably the worst I think we've ever seen. Uh, and then two thousand twenty two. Um, we saw voter fraud as well. However, some of the states had adopted uh, voter fraud uh, protection measures to prevent voter fraud. That was good. Uh, we need uh, more uh, actions taken as far as legislative actions, uh, checks and balances to take place. Uh, Arizona was was just outrageous, outrageous, uh, and what we saw in some other states. I'm uh, somewhat optimistic about 2024 because one of the problems with 2022 was that uh, you had one party, uh, the Democrats getting their people to vote early and going door to door and collecting their ballots, being very aggressive, just getting, you know, people to, uh, to vote early and, and, the, and the like. And then the Republicans says, we don't trust those ballot collectors. We don't trust anything. We're going to vote the day of the election. And of course, whenever you have that, you've got, you know, you know, Aunt Mildred who got a cold and can't go to the polls that day. And you've got, something else happened. And so you have a, a there's an immediate uh, less, lower percentage of votes that come in when you have people voting just the day of the election. I think the Republicans learned their lesson uh, very well and are going to be very much uh, playing by the same rule book as the Democrats uh, procedurally. And I think we're going to see more uh, voter f- fraud uh, addressed by more states moving forward. Uh, but the, the bottom line, the end game at the end of the day is if we are not a moral people and we're becoming less and less moral because of our public schools and all the, the garbage on television and the Internet um, and the, 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 the uh, non-biblical worldview, as we become less moral, uh, people will compromise and they'll cheat. And uh, we, we just can't have a democratic Republican in the end of the day if we become uh, a crooked, immoral people where getting caught is the only question, not whether or not something's right or wrong. So I hope that answers it for you. Yeah, and because uh, since he, since I'm here, since I'm from the state of California, I'm not sure if California would ever get their dirty voting rolls cleaned out or just leave it the same, because that would uh, be, right. that would just lead to more cheating. Right. Yeah, all, California... all the people, well, go ahead, Brad. All, I, was gonna... I was just going to say, all the people who who have called us about the, the widespread cheating have been from California. And um, uh, so this is one of the, the, the big problems. This is where one individual got nine ballots in their mailbox with only three eligible voters in the house. That's fraud. I mean, th- this is an oopsie because it happened again. A guy got a, a ballot at his father's house for himself and he also got one at his residence as well. So he could vote literally twice. This is fraud. How many murders you got to commit to be a murderer? Just one. How many lies do you got to tell to be a liar? Just one. How many times you got to prove that there is horrible voting fraud going on to have a fraudulent election? It's fraud. 100%. I don't care what CNN says. I don't care what ABC and NBC and CBS says. It was fraud. Now, how big a fraud, we don't know. But when we see one person getting three ballots, another one getting two ballots, um, 
it doesn't take long to send out extra ballots in heavy Democratic areas in California to sway an election. These are the problems. Yes, it's corrupt. There's no way around it. So I go ahead, Brad. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, no, that's um, you're, you're absolutely right. There's, uh, you know, tr- uh, tremendous fraud and, uh, you know, in California in particular, uh, the voter the voter rolls are not being, uh, you know, scrubbed and uh, there's tremendous corruption there. Uh, you know, I have to admit, I, you know, I live in California and I, I'm not very optimistic about the future of California multiple for multiple reasons in multiple uh, areas. And uh, politics and elections is, is one of those, unfortunately. That said, um, we have to not be too defeatist in that, you know, Rome was very corrupt, very immoral. Uh, at the end of the day, um, God took care of Rome. And uh, how God deals with California, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, needless to say, uh, a few months ago, I got earthquake insurance. That's all I'm going to say on that end. But, uh, uh, the end, you know, we, we should never give up, but we do need to face the reality of, of what California is. It's very, very corrupt. Uh, it's very evil, very wicked in its public policies, its municipal policy, city policies and school districts and curriculum. So in so many ways, that's why so many people are leaving California. Those that are staying, though, we need to uh, not be defeatist, but be faithful with the opportunities we have to to see people come to Christ and uh, one by one see that uh, hopeful transformation. So I, I hope that hope that helps. Yep, that's all I have. Yeah, and and uh, one of the things that that we find too when you mentioned that six. You have three on one side, you have three on the other, and the center, the center shaft going up. So you have a total of seven, uh, elements there. And which is commonly called the menorah. And, uh, and, uh, we find again, seven churches in Revelation chapter two and three. Hope that helps. It does. God bless you. Stay in line. We'll send you out some books. We'll send you out some DVDs. I think you'll really enjoy. Uh, and uh, the movie Jesus as well. Let's go to Richard in Louisville, Kentucky. Hi, welcome. Yeah, um, my question is uh, based on the uh, verse about the wolf and the sheep's clothing. And so, for instance, right now I'm 64 years old. Back in the tw- when I was around 20-something, I almost got sucked into the Kenneth Copeland Ministries thing. Oh, mm-hmm. And then about 10 years ago, I almost got sucked into the uh, feel-good preaching of Joe Osteen. So I've, I've watched a few of the um, uh, the Justin Peters videos on how to discern between uh, good pastors and bad. Yeah, and and they're out there. I mean, the there is good and there is the bad. Yeah, you are 65 and, uh, or older. You know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on healthcare costs is so frustrating. But here's some great news. If you miss the December 7th deadline for open enrollment, it's not too late. Here's something that can really help. It's MediShare 65+. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills. It's people who encourage and pray for each other, too. MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B. And it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. 
Plus, it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access from the comfort of your home. So worth looking into. MediShare 65 Plus is open for enrollment. And if you join right now, before January 31st, your second month will be free. So don't miss this chance. Call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-SHARE. 833-90-SHARE. This Sanctity of Life Month, we honor the over 63 million babies whose lives have been tragically ended through abortion since Roe. Sadly, with the abortion pill accounting for over 50% of all abortions, babies' lives are at even greater risk. But in the midst of this darkness, there is a light that shines. Preborn has rescued over 200,000 babies from abortion and is the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the country. When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life will be without her. Preborn shares babies' heartbeats and the gospel of Jesus Christ to help moms choose life for their baby and for their soul. To learn more about the life-saving work of Preborn, call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY or visit preborn.com. That's preborn.com. All gifts are tax deductible. Your love can save a life. I think we're back on. I'm not sure. We 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 don't have any audio here. So anyway, I hope you're with us still. We're this is the second part of To Every Man and Anthro with Brad Dacus, president of uh, Pacific Justice Institute, who defends groups, people, individuals uh, from from uh, radical, insane laws. And so anyhow, Brad, again, I'm glad you're with us. Oh, it's great to be on the program. I appreciate it. And looking forward to answering some more questions with you. When we went to the break, we were speaking with Richard about uh, wolves in sheep's clothing and um, your thoughts. Yeah, in in Second Timothy chapter three, uh, you know, it starts off in verse one, and last days perilous times will come, and then it starts going into you know what we we see evident in that regard, uh, and then what we see specifically which I think is interesting is how the church will, and people in the church will uh, raise up leaders to tell them what they want to hear, to satisfy their itching ears and, uh, and tell them and, and be deceived and being uh, to deceive and being deceived themselves. These, these leaders to, uh, to preach things and promote things that are, are not scriptural, not biblical you know the health wealth doctrine is is so contrary to scripture uh it's outrageous and uh, we see you know inf- things like that that go out and uh, and and i think that uh, the, the church needs to understand that we shouldn't be shocked and surprised when we see it i think it's just a a foreshadowing of fulfillment of scripture uh for that matter uh, but at the same time uh, we need to not to hesitate to call it out and to help our brothers and sisters in christ who are being led in as, as sheep to be slaughtered and taken advantage of uh, by some of these these ministries that I I personally have uh, serious concerns about. Uh, you know, that's one. We also, on the flip side, need to be careful uh, not to be nitpicky and create division when it when it's not uh, necessary. You know, if someone believes in 
baptism by immersion. And you've got another believer over here who attends uh, another church that they sprinkle, but they be- they believe in the gospel. They preach the gospel. They preach the word of God. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't divide over those kinds of issues. We don't call out those kinds of differentiations. Those are not emeritus, but, but when we, we see a church or a pastor, uh, you know, fleecing his flock and hurting the reputation of the, of the church, if you will, or the body of Christ, uh, I think it's important to call it out. And I know a number of pastors that have, have done so. And I really salute them for that, that courage, uh, for the sake of the body of Christ. So I hope that uh, hope that shines some light on it, Richard. Yeah, is there a resource that you can go to to uh, that leads you, you guide you into what are good ministries and not? Yeah, the Bible. You can't you can't lose. You know, okay. um, one of the things the Bible talks about in the last days, you're going to find people, uh, teachers. Um, being heaped unto themselves, having itching ears. What does an itching ear want to hear? Hey, I can have everything I want. I don't need to repent. I can have it my way. God is now my heavenly Santa Claus, and I just use my magic voodoo faith words, and I get whatever I want. Never mind that Jesus said, "No longer, uh, um, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Or Paul saying, not my will, but thine be done. All these things, or Jesus said that, and then Paul said that, that we have all the way through the Bible that it isn't about us, it's about him. And I first, you know, when I, I look at this, I see these guys on TV, they got their Armani suits on and their gold, uh, you know, they got their gold Rolexes on and, and, and bragging about their Learjets that they've got begging for money. It's, it's just appalling. It's, it's yeah. just, it just speaks of really the last days in that last Laodicean church, um, self-satisfied, having need of nothing. Jesus said, you don't know you're blind, wretched, miserable, and naked. How tragic to be in that bad a shape and not know it. Right. So again, I, I really believe that in the days that we're in, we just need to be very much aware that any, any, faith teacher, any religion that is of self-awareness, run. You know, it's all about you, baby. After slipping Jesus in your pocket, baby, you can climb to the top. Run. Because it isn't about us. No good thing dwells in the flesh. At the root of every sin, the Bible says, is pride. And pride is what exalts itself against the Lord. So God's saying, hey, I want you to go be a missionary. Huh, shut up, God. I want that new Americanus Maximus with air, air conditioning and tinted glass. That's what I want. Well, the problem is we're no longer servants of God. God is now my servant. Right. And this is what is so wrong with what we're seeing. So again, um, wolves in sheep's clothing. Yeah, what they eat and the tracks they leave. So yeah. important. In these uh, days. One quick point. One quick Go point ahead. I have also. Uh, I first, I agree 100 percent with everything you said, especially that the bottom line, the Bible has to be our ultimate test on whether or not a pastor is off track on, and misleading his congregation. Uh, another tool fiscally um, to look at is uh, ECFA dot uh, org. It's uh, an entity that. Uh, looks at ministries, and some ministries don't qualify to be a member of ECFA because they don't meet a certain areas of accountability and uh, integrity in their finances. 
Another entity is uh, uh, Charity Navigator, I believe it is, .com or .org, Charity Navigator. Uh, that's an, uh, an excellent tool, and uh, it's actually secular. It looks at all nonprofit 501c3s, and uh, it will scrutinize uh, those organizations uh, from based on transparency and efficiency. I'm pleased to say that our ministry, Pacific Justice Institute, uh, has the highest score of any organization of our kind in the United States. Uh, we have a, a the highest score for efficiency, transparency, and um, I, I think it's real important to be above reproach and to to really scrutinize and look at how efficient a ministry is and, and what they're doing with their their resources and uh, how it's being allocated. And I think that's I think that's important as far as good stewardship. I once I talked to a gentleman. I spoke to a group uh, earlier this week and. He said he gives to 41 charities every month. And I was an older gentleman, and I said, you know, I really encourage you to, uh, to talk to an accountant and help him and help you uh, scrutinize these organizations um, using these tools to see, you know, really, are, are they really being good stewards, or is it really more of a business with a cross on top that's uh, fleecing and taking advantage of, uh, of people? And I, can, I know of organizations, I won't say them, on the air, but they definitely uh, exist and they're taking advantage of a lot of people. We need to be very careful about that. Amen. So I hope that answers it for you. Richard, I hope that answers it for you. Yes. Thank you for your ministry. God is good. And stay online. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs, keep reading your Bible. And again, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman, not to be ashamed. So important in these days that we live in. Let's go to Lori in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Hi, welcome. Hi. I was wondering if you could um, shed some light on the subject that's called the first earth age. I have a friend of mine that's telling me that, you know, people just don't understand their Bibles, you know, that um, he's saying that we were made as spirits first. And he was trying to go into all these details on this, which I never, I didn't understand. And I thought maybe you could tell me what this is. Well, there's there's a lot of ideas that are out there floating around a pre-edemic world, all these things. It's not biblical. It's all made up. It's very clear that Eve was the mother of all living, speaking of human beings. Everything reproduced after its own kind. We find this in Genesis 1, 2, 3. Uh, we find that the world was a beautiful place before the curse. Uh, there was no death in the world. Death came into the world through humans, uh, where Paul says all of creation groans under the sin of man. You see the cattle out in a snowstorm uh, in Idaho, sometimes driving home. I live kind of out in the country, and I, I see the poor cows with snow on top of them and the cold. And you think, man, how man has messed everything up and continues to do so. The idea then that, that, well, you don't understand. No, they don't understand. They're changing God's word. Your thoughts? Yeah. Um, I think as far as people, as far as the, um, you know, the question of whether they should believe something or not, the first question is, is the Bible. And if it's not in the Bible or the Bible, it doesn't talk about it, doesn't address it. Uh, I would not give any attention to it, any credence to it. It's just, it'll be but a distraction from what God wants us to focus on, which is the Bible. People ask me how narrow-minded I am. I said, it just depends on how how thick your Bible is. 
So that's that's how narrow-minded. If it doesn't fit in here, if it doesn't agree with this, um, then I've got a problem with it. When they just add on things, uh, it, it doesn't make sense. Uh, that doesn't mean I'm, I'm in favor of science. I'm in favor of history. I mean, don't get me wrong. But this needs to be our ultimate test because this is, has proven itself. The Word of God has proven itself. Uh, so I, I would not, if it was important for us to, let's, let's hypothetically say something was, was, was true. Um, if it was important for us to focus on, surely our Heavenly Father would have made it very clear in His Holy Word. He would have told us. Um, so everything else, I think, is just a distraction. I, I would not give any credence to it at all, and uh, and I would try to stay away from those individuals. Um, sometimes they, I think people get distracted about things because uh, if they focus on this thing over here that is not in Scripture, then they're not having to focus maybe on some things in the Scripture or the Word of God that may be a little more um, implicating uh, in nature. So that's my opinion. If it's not in the Word, if the Bible doesn't comment on it in any way, shape, or form, and it's way out there, uh, I would not uh, waste any time on it at all. Lloyd, does that answer your question? He was using the verse that where God says um, he, knew, he knew you before the foundations of the earth, that God knows us before the foundations of the earth. Well, sure he does. The Bible says, just go to Revelation chapter 1, Revelation chapter 22. It says, I am Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, first and the last. God lives in all times present. That's what the Bible says. So God does not learn. God knows the end from the beginning, the beginning to the end, completely. That's why only the Bible of all the religious books in the world has prophecy in it. Because when these other religious books make make their their claims, they leave prophecy out because they're immediately found out to be fraud. Well, when you have the Bible and the accuracy of what's going on, a one-world order, a one-world currency, a one-world government in the last days, and we see it all here, when we see the predictions of Jesus Christ coming to the world to be the Savior, all the criteria that he had to meet to be that Savior was all found. And so, of course, God knows. That's why the Bible says we're predestined. Not predestined in that we didn't have a right to choose, but predestined in that from God's perspective, he knows everything. Because Jesus said, go preach the gospel to every creature. He does not say preach the gospel to the predestinated ones. As you get into this goofy Calvinism stuff that God deliberately put people on hell to send them uh, on, on this earth to send them to hell. That is whacked out stuff. For God so loved the world. That's everyone. But the world doesn't love God. There's your problem. And right. so because God happens to know who chooses him and who doesn't, does not interfere with the right or the freedom of any person to accept him or reject him. But those that do accept him, he will reward throughout all of eternity. So why do we go through this zoo we call living then? If God already knows who's going to make it and who doesn't, why do we have to live this? Hey, it's for our benefit. It's so that we know what right and wrong is. It's we know what kind of a savior we have. It's that we know you get, you, you take a, um, a child, for instance, that was raised in a home that got everything they ever wanted. They never heard the word no. You know what you have? You have a spoiled brat that most people can't stand to be around. But you know, when we lived through this world, we see what sin does. We see what righteousness brings forth and blesses. 
hey, listen, this is part of our education, friends, and I'm glad we get to live it. You know, I know a lot of people think, oh, well, it's so hard. Yeah, it's hard. It wasn't meant to be easy, but it's what we go through. You know, if you go through a medical school, there's test exams that are really, really hard. A lot of them you'll never use in the particular field that you've chosen, but that you're, you're, you, you learn principles and you learn study habits and you learn observation. This is what I believe we're, we're doing right now. And can we verify what the word of God says? The wages of sin is death. Well, hey, man, I can see it every day. Not only do I see it in people and our government or whatever, I can see what it's done in my own life. I know it's true. It isn't when we get to heaven, we're going to be a bunch of pre-programmed robots. No, we'll be known as we are known. So this is why God does that. So when somebody says something along the lines of, of, well, there was another whole world here before we were born, that's all simply made up. It's not in the Bible. Jesus quoted more from the book of Genesis than any other book, giving it great credibility. That's why I believe it's so important that we need to be careful not to add to any book of the Bible, but especially the book of Genesis. Where we came from, how we got here, and even where we're going when that prophecy to Eve, your descendant will bruise Satan's head, fatal wound. It's amazing to me just how accurate God's Word is. Hope that helps, Lori. That did help. He, can I ask one other thing that he's sure. saying to me that I don't understand either? He's saying that I need to know all about the fig tree and that I could actually anoint my house with uh, olive oil or like on my car, more like a ceremonial thing for protection. Ooh, witchcraft. Never... Ooh, yeah, well, that's kind of what it is. Um, you know, when, when, uh, yeah, the Catholics used to glue St. Christopher to, uh, the dashboard of cars. I remember when I was a kid, I remember, uh, uh, my uncle, uh, had a welder and this guy came over on a, on a Harley and he wanted a St. Christopher metal, um, uh, uh, phrase to the front fork of his motorcycle. And my, my uncle wasn't a believer, but he looked at me and he says, they bend them up just the same. Well, it's true. We're not protected by undergarments or plastic statues on the dashboard of our car or little metals. We're protected because of Jesus Christ and him crucified. I'm God's property. And when you accept Christ as your Savior, you're God's property, too. Dar- you're, just your thoughts, Brad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree 100 uh, percent with that. Uh uh, it's, uh, it's, it's so easy for people to get caught into, to, to things that have absolutely no scriptural basis. The, the question, the test question to always ask is, what does the Bible say? What do the scriptures say? In human nature, I think once it's easier to cling to something that like, okay, we'll put this, we'll do this. Um, as opposed to just, just, uh, trusting humble faith. And what does the Bible point to? Humble faith, like a, the faith of a child, just trusting God, believing in God, and communicating and communing with God. That's what he wants. He wants a relationship, uh, and yet Satan wants to distract us with this and holy water and this thing, and we'll do this and we'll do that. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a distraction from the Lord and to, to trust in the Lord, uh, and that's what the, the scriptures talk about. I never hear, you know, the Apostle Paul say, 
you know, I'm going to put this certain handkerchief that Jesus once believed to have touched. And I'm going to have this wrapped around me to protect me when I go on my next trip or no, he, he, he knows Jesus. He, he knows the Lord. He puts his trust in the Lord. Um, and so these are, are distractions that take away from the glory of God and, and deprive us and, and de- diminish the relationship, the, 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 the baby-like faith, the, the, the childlike faith that God wants us to have as we live and, and walk in life and trust in him uh, and not uh, be distracted by these things of the world, which can easily creep in as quote-unquote Christian or religious, um, but are actual distractions. Now, you know, in the early church, we do find where there was a, you know, Peter, Paul, the, the different things they did, their shadows falling on people, they were healed, things like that. We do find that in the Bible. But the idea that something that I do makes the difference, that's where the problem comes in, because right. it isn't me. There's no good thing dwells in the flesh. Uh, Paul says, as sinners, I am chief. Listen, when we pray over our homes, Lord, protect us. It isn't because of oil or without oil. Now, I do believe oil is important. As it says in the book of James, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Anoint them with oil. They'll be be healed. I do believe that that is a biblical directive. Right. But we don't find in the, in the, in the Bible, people anointing houses, cars, uh, their dogs, things like this. We just don't find it. And I believe that, again, this is where we go back. As Jesus said, we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And unfortunately, today, people are adding so much to God's word, and it becomes normal. It's just like, well, everybody else is doing it. Well, that doesn't make it God's word, and we won't find power in it. I hope that helps, Lori. Yeah, it does. Thank you so much. Yeah, you you just got to bring them back to to, uh, God's word. And again, this whole idea uh, of what he's saying. And listen, if you need us, call us back. We're here for you, okay? Yeah, I might need you again because he's throwing something out there about Song of Moses, but I don't want to take up any more of your time. <laughs> yeah, no, you just call us back, uh, maybe get a couple more of them from him, and, and then we'll we'll see what we can do with you, okay? Okay, all right, thanks. Stay online. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs, and the movie Jesus. Let's go to Deborah in Idaho. Hi, welcome. Hey, I just pulled over and got you off the speaker. Uh, Yeah, I just wanted to bring up the Caldwell School District in Caldwell, Idaho. Um, They were attempting to propose and pass a gender identity policy that would be very deceptive to the parents. They were trying to say that the, the teachers would have compelled, basically compelled speech that they would have to call Johnny Jane all day at school, but then if you talk to gr- grandma or the parents on the phone, you have to call him Johnny. And, you know, so the birth sex and the birth name uh, when you talk to the parents, but then at school you can play pretend with them all day. And um, so that's the first step in the whole process is the social transition. I've been looking into it. First they do the social and then they do the puberty blockers. Then they do the cross-sex hormones. Then they do surgery. Yeah, really totally wicked. There's just no other words for it. Everything that God has made, everything God's done is under attack right now from the devil through these different avenues. There's just no other way around it. And so, Brad, your thoughts, what do, what do, what do you tell 
not only Deborah, but any parent that's concerned about all this transgenderism uh, polluting our schools. Your thoughts? Yeah, any parent that is in a school district that's adopting this these kinds of policies or have adopted those kind of policies uh, should contact us immediately. We at PGI, we have an attorney. Uh, we have an office right there in Idaho, uh, already actively involved in, in cases. I don't know if she's aware of this particular school district and, and what they're adopting, uh, but you know we're there on the ground uh, there in Idaho like we are all across the country. They should not hesitate to contact us. They should go to pji.org and request for assistance, get the information. At the end of the day, we'll need someone to be a plaintiff, probably a parent who has a child in that school district or a teacher being impacted. Uh, either way, we, we'd love to, to assist in this, and we're doing this all across the country. We have lawsuits dealing with this issue uh, right now as we speak. So, uh, you know, Brad, again, um, uh, it, it does come in insidiously. It comes in under the guise of, um, uh, you know, uh, freedom for children, children's rights and everything like that. But it is really a a very, very wicked thing that they're trying to normalize. Right. Your 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 thoughts on that. Yeah. And again, how to get a hold of you, all that information. We've only got about another two minutes left of the program. So I want everybody to know what to do. You might want to write this down. You say, well, you know, it's not a problem right now in our school. Yeah, but you might want to write this down. If it becomes a problem, you know exactly what to do. I call it preventative maintenance. And yeah. sometimes taking those numbers down to know where you can get help is so important. Brad, tell us. Yeah, this is this is absolutely wicked. It's evil. It's destructive and damaging to children. So I would encourage parents uh, to go to our website and, and write down P J I dot org p j i dot o r g you can sign up to get our legal insider newsletter uh, as well as other resources opt-out forms to protect your children um, material on how to protect against social workers we have great information there to empower parents in these situations uh, p j i dot o r g so i hope that helps and Again, Deborah, we all have to be aware. You know, people think, well, Idaho is such a red state. It can't happen here. Oh, they have moved in. Let me tell you what they did to California. They want to do to the entire world. And um, we have to stand up against them. And again, using uh, the wisdom of God's word, using the logic of God's word, I believe that we can be a formidable force against the uh, onslaught of the lie of the devil. And so uh, we have to just stand together. And again, for all of you people listening, every parent, if you see this stuff creeping in, I think it's so important that we become very much aware of it. So um, again, PJI.org. Brad, I want to thank you for being on the program today. For our callers, Rick, Terry, the rest, please just call us. We'll put you on first thing on Monday. Look forward to being back with you, Brad. And again, uh, may the Lord just bless you, keep you. Again, pji.org. Be sure to catch Brad's program on the weekends at uh, on Saturday. I think you'll enjoy it. The Degas Report. God bless you all. Have to a find safe, out more blessed about this weekend. Ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. 
Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 